a lot of big spreads in the Pac-12 this week. That sets up the opportunity for trap games on trap games. But is anybody on upset alert? Well, let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I am your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Wherever you're listening to or watching the show, big shout out to all of you who have done so already. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Speaking of our friends at Bet Online, they are projecting some potentially mm, large point spreads by the end of Saturday night this week. And it's starting later today as this episode drops with Utah and Washington State. That's the only game, the only game in the Pac 12 this weekend that's got a single digit point spread. Ute's currently sitting at minus seven. I'm telling you, I I wouldn't touch it. You can pick a side and guess and say, Spencer, I told you this is easy. It's not. Vegas knows what they're doing. But if you could give me a hook on either side of that game, then I would take it. Seven and a half, Washington State, six and a half, Utes. But I think it should be a good one up in Pullman tonight. The Utes playing for their season basically every week, right? Because if you remove yourself from the Pac-12 championship game discussion, then it's a it's a loss, major disappointment season. Lost with a T season for the Utes because of the expectations they had coming in. But I want to go to the games uh, that uh, look on paper like they could be potential trap games. Are any of them there? I think one is. I think two are not. And let's go through our, uh, our game previews for the week. So Start with USC and Arizona. This line is hovering around 15, 15 and a half. It's kind of bounced back and forth. I'm telling you right now, this is a Pac-12 prime pick for me this week. And hopefully I can keep things rolling and make it back-to-back winning weeks. But this is a terrible, I mean, terrible matchup for Arizona. The good news is they're at home. That's about where the good news ends. Because... Neither their rush nor their pass defense has been good this year. It's been pretty terrible, right? So we know that USC, unless they come in wildly unprepared, historically not the case for a Lincoln Riley coach team, or they just completely go in overlooking the Wildcats, which is not something they should do. Arizona is respectable compared to what they have been the last couple of years, but still need to grow defensively. USC is going to be able to move the football. They're going to move the ball down the field. They're going to be able to score. They've got more athletes. They've got a better play caller. And they've been playing very well on that side of the ball this year. And even though they're away from home where they've struggled a couple times this year, right? Oregon State, they only managed 17 points. And then the defense wasn't able to travel to Salt Lake City to help them get a victory there. So there have been some concerns for USC on the road. I'm telling you, I don't think this is one of them. And maybe I'll have to come back and eat crow again. It's certainly happened before, but I feel really good about USC going into Arizona and winning comfortably. And it's not just that USC's offense is really good. When you think about the Trojans defense to this point in 2022 and when they've been at their best, Washington State to me 
is the only game where they haven't been turnover dependent to put a good showing up on that particular side of the ball. Utah was not a good defensive showing, only had one turnover. Oregon State was 14 points on the road. That's good. The Beavs had four interceptions from Chance Nolan. When you have an opportunistic defense like that, you leave yourself exposed to a team like Utah that, for the most part, protects the football and is able to move it up and down the field, right? Even Stanford was able to move the ball early in the season on USC, but they got down to the red zone and they couldn't convert, and they had two turnovers inside the five. So what I'm looking at in this game and why I think it's such a bad matchup for Arizona is Jaden Delora has done a lot of really good things. You cannot underestimate how important he is for Arizona this year because it was a revolving door a year ago and the stability he's brought. I think he's been exactly what I thought he would be. And he's been exactly what Arizona has needed, which is a guy who can make plays, win games and be productive and be consistent. And he has been consistent this year. But the other area that he has demonstrated time and time again is he will turn the ball over. There were two fumbles he was involved with in a game against Oregon. Against Mississippi State, he threw is either two or three interceptions. He has thrown a number of other picks this year. And sometimes he has a tendency, and I don't know if it's because he's in an offensive system that's a part of a team that's rebuilding, so he's trying to kind of you know make stuff happen, make these big plays, but I'm sure Jed Fish is working with him to try to coach some of this stuff out of him. He tries to do too much from time to time. And what we've seen from this USC defense consistently this year has not been an ability to stop teams from moving the ball down the field, but they've consistently created turnovers. And Jaden Delora being a turnover-prone player at this point in the season, if he's not able to clean that up, and I don't think he'll be able to, I, I think he has at least one interception this game, probably two. He's probably in the 275 three touchdowns and and two interceptions range, probably his final line. That'd be my guess for this game. But Arizona having trouble protecting the ball and USC's defense being so good in that sense, when that's how you beat USC, right, is you move the ball. You don't shut down their offense unless you're Oregon State, but that looks like more of a one-off. And if you're Arizona thinking about how can you pull this major, major upset at home, you have to just be able to outscore the Trojans. But that's a tall task for a team that has struggled to protect the ball and a defense that's relying on turnovers and has been consistent at forcing them. I think that combined with Arizona's defensive struggles, I think is a terrible matchup for Arizona. I really, really do. And they're in the midst of a brutal stretch of their schedule. I I think UCLA is a better team at this point than USC, but I think arguably it's a better matchup for Arizona to try and pull an upset. And They'll have Utah at, at some point on this uh, this run of basically the, the top five teams in, in the Pac-12. The only one they don't face is Oregon State, who's probably a little better in Washington at this point, but we get to find out next Friday night up in, up in Seattle. But they had they had Oregon, they had Washington, and they've got USC, UCLA, and Utah coming. It's just abs- absolutely brutal. There's no breaks. You couldn't throw a a Cal in there or a Colorado. You had both of them early in the year or an ASU. Well, that of course doesn't come till the end of the season or a, I, even throwing an Oregon state in there or a Washington state would have been easier than this. So it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough time for, uh, for wildcat fans, but 
I don't see USC losing that one. Oregon, however, I don't see them losing this game, but this is the one that I feel like they are in the most vulnerable spot of the three Pac-12 contenders that will be in action on Saturday. Now, Utah is the most likely of of the four that we've been talking about for the last week or so, week or so here on the show. There we go, I got it. That that's like they're the most likely to to get upset. The betting markets reflect that, and I think just the eye test reflects that, right? Washington State is feisty. You're playing up in Pullman. It's a Thursday night game. Weird stuff happens on Thursday night. But of the other three, USC, UCLA, and Oregon. The Ducks are in the most vulnerable spot. I will tell you why after I tell you about Sweatblock. Here's a customer review from Sweatblock from someone who has actually used the product. Pamela would hide in the office bathroom every 30 minutes to dry off her armpits so no one would see the wet circles under her arms. She finally has her life back because of Sweatblock. No one wants to be in that sort of situation, and that's why you need to go out and get Sweatblock. It gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. The Sweatblock wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. Yeah, that's right. Big time stuff here, and it backs it up. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweater odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. So Oregon is a 17-point road favorite. I would like it more for the prime picks if it were 17 and a half. But Cal is playing at home once again where they have been better than on the road this year. It's where they've got their only Pac-12 win against the aforementioned Arizona Wildcats. But the reason I think they're in the most vulnerable spot, I don't think they're going to lose because the Bears' offense is not very good. Oregon's defense has struggled this year, which may very well help out Jack Plummer and company. And they've got a couple nice weapons. Jade not the running back. Who they need to get more involved, by the way. Just as an aside, he's been kind of used as a change of pace back when he's clearly capable of being a number one. I mean, Arizona Wildcat fans watch him run for 275 yards and however many touchdowns. He might still be running. I don't know. But I, I think that they have some pieces. I don't think they've got the right offensive coordinator. Their offensive line has really struggled. But at home... That's a lot of points. Now, the flip side of that coin is, yeah, it's a lot of points, but there's a reason, right? Anytime you look at that line and say, wow, that's a lot, it usually means Vegas knows something. But I think the reluctance to put in that extra hook is why, at least at this point in time, is why the betting markets are saying, yeah, Cal might be able to hang around. Here's the thing for Oregon. They're going on the road against a team that is giving them some fits over the years. It's a new coaching staff. It's new personnel. I understand that, but we all know there's something to that history of matchups between teams within a conference that just sometimes they've just got your number. Washington hasn't won at Arizona State since like 2002. How does that make any sense? I don't know. Just hasn't. Cal played Oregon close last year. Justin Wilcox is a good defensive coach. But the other thing for Oregon, They've gotten a lot of attention recently. And when your team has attention versus when they don't, coaches and players can say they're blocking all that stuff out. But they hear it. Even college kids, they hear it. I heard Colin Coward the other day go on a big rant about Oregon. And he he was talking him up and saying, well, you know, I'm giving him a mulligan, and you can go listen to what he had to say about that. 
But the mindset for the Ducks right now is that they're riding high on top of the world, scoring 40-plus points in each of their last six games. Everything has been really, really good offensively. And as a result, they've been getting wins. And they're now inside the top 10, higher than where they were in the preseason poll. They're number eight. People are talking about in the college football playoff sense. Pac-12 championship favorites right now. A lot of good things going, going the Ducks' way at the moment with Dan Lanning at the helm. But after you have a big win, and I mean a big win, with a big crowd against a good football team in UCLA that I still believe is a good football team, and then you go on the road to a team that has a propensity to just be pesky, just be annoying, just not go away. Ask Washington about Cal. And what Justin Wilcox did in that Washington game is probably what he will do in this Oregon game, too. The Bears' pass defense has been pretty porous, but they were playing very clearly a bend-don't-break mentality, and they made Washington take what was underneath and run the football. Now, the difference is Washington has a really good passing offense. Oregon has thrown the ball very well this year, but Oregon's rushing attack is way ahead of, frankly, most people in the country. But it's also a a much more key principle or focal point of their offensive philosophy for Kenny Dillingham than it is for Kalen DeBoer. Kenny Dillingham, the Oregon OC, DeBoer, of course, the Washington head coach. So I think Oregon can have more success in that sense. But I don't think it's a coincidence that the Cal defense was able to hold an explosive Washington offense that's been throwing it all over the field that has great wide receivers to just 28 points. And on the surface, you'd say, well, Washington's going to score at least 30 or more. Hmm? I don't know. Are they one of the best scoring offenses in the Pac-12? And then they come in. Boom. They only drop 28. They get the win. But Cal got the cover. Now, Vegas is telling you Oregon's a better team than Washington right now. Sure. But 10 points better. That's a lot. And it's a lot for a team at home. And I think when you have a big game that goes your way, the way Oregon had last weekend against UCLA, and then the next week you have to go on the road, I think you can be primed for a letdown. And here's another factor. It's not going to be a top-tier crowd at Memorial Stadium. It never really is. Marshawn Lynch was calling him out saying, yeah, I mean, the students are kind of here, but alumni, like, where is everybody? Where are you guys at? Why is this the way it was? It's not how it was when I was here, and he's right about that, but it's a reality. When you go into an environment like that, it can be hard to get up for it. An opposing crowd is a net negative for your team, but I think we saw this when Stanford went to the farm or when Oregon State went to play Stanford at the farm this year. The beef just looked kind of flat, and guess what? There's not really an environment there. So if you don't have that hostile road crowd to go against, Oregon might come out a little bit flat. But the other thing too, Cal knows what they want to do. And and Cal has had a propensity this year. Second time I've used that word. Got to vary up the vocab. I apologize for that. They have had a tendency to just hang around in games where people don't think they're going to. Notre Dame, whose offense is very bad. Driving for the win a couple times. Plummer in the offense couldn't execute. Washington, seven and a half point home underdogs. 
They hung around. They had a second half lead. And Oregon, I think, is is riding really high. And at some point, like, do you think they're going to play perfectly every week? Does that sound right? Say it out loud. Oregon playing perfect and, you know, blowing everybody out every week. The last time a team went undefeated in this conference, it's never happened since it expanded to 12 teams, but Oregon did it in the Pac-10 in 2010. They go 9-0 in conference play. You know a game where they struggled, where they very nearly lost that perfect regular season? Well, wouldn't you know it? It was in Berkeley against the Bears. It was a much better environment then, but I'm just saying, there's usually something to it. And if Oregon is not careful, Cal is not going to, you know, they they couldn't take advantage of Washington's defense a week ago. That Washington defensive front is nasty, though. That front four played really, really well. I don't think Oregon's is quite on that level. They've got a couple good playmakers, but they don't have the depth of, of high in talent the way that I think Washington has in their front four. And they really controlled that game for the Huskies defense. But Oregon goes into this game with a defense that has been exposed at times. And if you can get Jay not involved in the passing game, get him one-on-one with any of Oregon's linebackers, they haven't held up in coverage this year at all. They really haven't. It has been a consistent weakness for them. And though Washington's secondary had been struggling, the offensive line wasn't holding up long enough for for Jack Plummer to be able to take downfield shots to a couple of the weapons, and they have a couple good ones who unfortunately are banged up, don't know what their statuses are. But Oregon's front four is not going to be able to pressure Plummer as dominantly as Washington's did. That, again, an early contender for the Pac-12 prime picks. That's why I think Oregon has to be careful with that game against Cal. I think they'll be able to win, but 17, that's a lot to be given the Bears. Another game with a big spread, and they've all got them this week. Arizona State, actually, before we get to ASU Colorado, which is a game of, you know, two teams who would just be happy to win. Someone's going to be, which is great news for either the Sun Devils or the Buffs fans. We'll we'll, (laughs) we'll see what happens there. UCLA against Stanford, big bounce back spot. I think this is, I, I, I do not see UCLA falling into a trap here. I'm happy that Stanford got a couple of wins. Although at the same time, I'm not for Cardinal fans because the more David Shaw finds a way to win games, the more time he buys himself. And I just don't think it's working anymore. And I think they need to make a change. But if he keeps winning games, guess what? He's going to continue to get chances. This is not a game he's going to win. This is a game where UCLA is going to remind us that they're still a good football team. And if they understand what it, what still can lie ahead of them, which is a Pac-12 championship, then they will come out. And I think DTR will, because he's been a very emotional player this year. He's very engaged, shows a lot of great leadership traits on that sideline for the Bruins. I think he comes out, has them firing. And look, the, the Stanford offense has not been very good the last couple of weeks. They've been winning it with their defense. But The last time Stanford played a defense or or an offense rather comparable to UCLA was when they went up against Oregon and the Ducks were up 31 to three at the half. I think you're going to have that sort of score here. I have not finalized Pac-12 prime picks, but those three games there really, really tempting. So is the other one with ASU and Colorado, but UCLA at home, 
off of that loss against Oregon, I do not see them dropping this one to Stanford. Their athletes are better. They're playing better this season. And I think we're going to get a reminder of what Stanford actually is rather than what they're kind of uh, lulling people into believing they might be they might be coming here this season. Maybe they could get back to back to 500 because they still have to play Notre Dame. Right. Yeah, they still have to play Notre Dame. and They still have to play BYU. Neither of those games are looking as tough as they did before the season started. So still some opportunities for wins for Stanford and they still have to play Cal. But that defense is porous. They can't stop the run. UCLA runs it really well. They'll throw it well, too. I don't think Caillou Blue Kelly has been the player on the back end of that defense, or at least he's not enough for that secondary to be able to contend with guys like Jake Bobo and the rest of that UCLA receiving core. I, I think that UCLA rolls in, in that one uh, pretty pretty big time. But haven't confirmed that yet. Not sure if it's in the Pac-12 prime picks. We'll be uh, going through those on tomorrow's show as always. But this last one, Arizona State, 13, a 13 half point favorite. Again, kind of bouncing back and forth at Colorado. I'm kind of surprised at that line. And I think this is primed for another trap game for Arizona State. And JT Wistersilv locked on you. He and I were talking about this game and. Uh, just kind of in, in in passing, he made a good point. What is the vibe right now inside the Arizona State locker room? Can't be good. You didn't allow a touchdown last week on the road. On the road, and you lost. You didn't allow a touchdown on the road, and you lost. The vibe inside that locker room cannot be very good. And Colorado is going to put fans in the stadium, whether they are good or not. We've seen that time and time again. Another note, saw a video of Mike Sanford going and talking to some Colorado students, I think in a fraternity. And he, he was hyping them up and, and, you know, talking to him about the homecoming game and how much he appreciates them and all that sort of stuff. I tell you what, don't sleep on the, on the notion that Mike Sanford could get hired as Colorado's head coach. I'm not saying I'd love the hire, but I'm saying when that guy talks, he has got a head coach presence about him. And I think he's taking this, this opportunity being the interim head coach to interview the way that Jake Dicker did at Washington state. That's how it looks to me. That that's just how it looks to me, the way he's carrying himself. That's how it seems. And he's got a presence about him that I could see him nailing an interview. I really, really could. Cause you need energy. You need buy-in. You got to be able to motivate players. You got to be able to motivate fans, get them excited. And I tell you what, I saw the players in that locker room after that first win. They seem to really like the guy. That counts for something. It 100% does. And this is the biggest trap game of the weekend. Lowest stakes, but this is the biggest trap game of the weekend by far in the Pac-12. ASU spotting not quite two touchdowns to Colorado, who are at home. Homecoming weekend. Look, the buffs are still bad. But they don't have very many chances left for wins. And I'm sure they know that at some level. And this is one of them. And the fans are going to know that. They're going to bring that extra level of energy. I'm not so certain the Buffs don't win this game. At the very least, I like them to keep it close. Is that a Pac-12 prime pick? You'll have to like and subscribe and listen to the show tomorrow, wherever you're listening or watching right now. Appreciate all of you. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.